Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. I wrote in my notes a year, this year, but if I'm being honest, it's probably been the last three years. Now I know we're only a few months into 2023, but I was thinking about life and I was thinking about 2023. I was thinking about struggles. I was thinking about stress. I was thinking about, and, and you go, well, Ben, it's only been a, it's only been three months in 2023. And I go, yeah, I realize that it's just been, um, been really thinking about that, been really thinking about life in that area. And I, I've just come to understand that pain and struggles are really part of life. You know, you just kind of think about it. You think about it and what's going on in the world and how that affects us and emotionally and man. You see, it was Paul writing to Timothy who told us that in the last days there'll be perilous times. That perilous means stress. And we can feel it. We can feel the stress in our wallets. We can feel the stress of what's going on in the world. We can just feel the climate changing. And I don't mean climate change. But you can feel that something's going on. And as a matter of fact, I got a text yesterday and somebody was asking me, hey, what do you think about the Russia and China and all this stuff? And, and basically my go-to response has always been, the Lord is close. The Lord is ready to come back. And a lot of the Christians would agree, yes, 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 you're right, you're right, you're right. But when I think about pain and I think about just, just suffering, you know what comes to mind? Childbirth. Childbirth comes to mind. And yet, when you think about it, that's not where the pain ends in our lives, is it, moms? That's not where it ends. It's like, okay, the baby's born, and it's like, no, 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 no. There's a lot of pain. See, you and I, well, we deal with pain and suffering every day in some form or another. And some pain is a result of our own choices. We made bad choices. We made a bad decision. And that could be, but then, but then guys, there's pain, there's pain, there's suffering in our lives as a result of others' poor choices. You go, Ben, what do you mean? Well, for example, let's just say when a person's texting and driving, please don't text and drive. But let's say there is a, someone texting and driving and they don't realize that the light is red, and they run the red light, and they crash into you, well, that's a poor choice on behalf of the other driver, but you end up with pain and suffering. And even though you might get out of the car, and you're, I'm okay, I'm okay, it's still, it's very traumatic. It wasn't your poor choice. You were just obeying the law. Now, labor with me for just a moment. When I think about pain, I think about suffering, I think about all that's going on in the world, and I think about 2023, and I think, honestly, if I can be honest, and, and I'm not a prophet, but I think this could be our last Easter together. And a lot of you go, man, I hope. Yeah, amen. But this could be our last I was thinking, man. And then I was quickly brought back to earth and I, and I started thinking about what's going on and I started to thinking, you know what? I long, I long for a world where we're not spooked, if you will, by the lights and the siren of an ambulance flashing as they rush to some emergency. 
You see, I was sitting there the other day, just yesterday, and immediately this ambulance took off to an emergency, scared me half to death as I was putting gas. I was like, because it's, it's pretty loud. Now, if we're being honest in church, unless it's our emergency, then usually if there's an emergency vehicle behind us, we kind of pull off to the side, we let them pass, and we go on our way. We really don't give it a second thought, do we? It's just, there they go. But I want to take a moment, I want to take a moment and feel the weight of the ambulance being called to an emergency. You go, what do you mean? Well, I want you to think about this. Some person in a state of panic, in a state of, I mean, in fear, in in a state of hurt or pain, being controlled by pure adrenaline, gets the phone, dials 911 as they see their world crashing down. And I bet for them, life at that point is probably slow motion. I oftentimes think about the person making the call. Let's pray for them. You see, maybe for them, maybe for you, Life changed in an instant. In an instant. Listen to me. I long to live in a world where we don't need ambulances anymore. You see, it's not just, well, I would hope. I would hope that we would, we would become just medically secure and that we would, everybody would take their vitamins and they would drink their water. And I hope that, no, 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 no. I, I long where we're not spooked by the sounds of ambulances. Church, I yearn for a world where cancer doesn't exist. You see, I have thought about and lived through those painful steps as you make your way into the doctor's office and the doctor sits you down and without blinking an eye says, Yes, it's cancer. Your heart drops, tears flow, and you're thinking, what do we do now? What do you do now? You see, when they come and they look at you and they say, hey, it's cancer, what do you hear? Oh, okay, I'm done. I'm done. And as a believer, you're not too worried about yourself, but you start thinking of all the people you're going to leave behind, my kids, my grandkids, my friends, wow. This is happening. This is happening. And I've lived that. My heart hurts to see all those people in pain. To seeing people with this awful disease. But can I say this? Can I confess to you? My heart hurts when I see children struggle with this. That's kind of where I draw the line. And that's where I kind of cry out to God and say, really, God, why? And I'm not God, and God's ways are not our ways, but when I think of these kids, and it makes me really long for a world without cancer. But what about a world without death? What about a world without death? Many of us in this room have experienced the death of someone we loved. We have. And i got to be honest, I'm ready to live in a world without Death. You see, for me, I've had my fair share of death. 
If I may share my story with you this morning, when I was six months old, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. A year later, when I was 18 months old, she passed away. So I never knew my mother. Next month, we're going to celebrate Mother's Day, and I will always celebrate mothers. I will always celebrate you mothers. You have done a wonderful job. But you need to understand, growing up as with a single father and older siblings, Mother's Day was really awkward for me. You didn't have a mother. No, but I had an older sister who acted like a mother. Okay, I'm good. I'm good. Until I was 12. You go, Ben, what happened at 12? My sister went to the doctor. She's 18. She had a persistent cough that wouldn't go away. The doctor informs her that she has lung cancer. Three days after my 13th birthday, my sister, at the age of 19, passes away. And it was June 4, 2012. I sat in his room, and I held the hand of my dad and watched him take shorter and shorter breaths. We all cried, and about 9.30 that morning on June 4th, I witnessed my father take his final breath on this earth. And his family gathered around, his heart finally stopped. And I'll never forget that moment as long as I live. You go, Ben, why do you tell us that? This is supposed to be a happy time. Well, here's why. Because I yearn, I long to live in a world without an EMS truck or a fire truck. I want to live in a world without cancer. I want to live in a world, desperately want want for a world without death. I don't want to see that anymore. Now, if you and I were having coffee and you invited me to coffee and you said, Hey, Ben, I want to talk to you for just a moment. Ben, I got to tell you, the world we live in right now, well, it's always going to be full of emergencies. The world we live in, cancer is always going to be a problem, Ben. And death, i got to be honest with you, bro, it's a part of life. And you know what I would say to you? You're right. You're right. In this world. But what if I told you I know of another world where all these things that I just mentioned were non-existent? What if I told you I knew that? My question to you is, would you not want to go live there? Wouldn't you not want to? You go, what? what? What are you talking about? A world? Yeah, a world without pain? A world without suffering? A world without cancer? And definitely a world without death. Wow. Wow. Think about that. It's a world where we have no more tears. We have no more hurts. There's no fear. There's no worry, no anxiety. You know that anxiety in the pit of your stomach. In a world where there is no suffering. That's a world that I know of. Now, now listen. This morning, I have some really good news for you. I have some really good news for those. There is such a world, there is such a place, and it's called heaven. It's called heaven. But what I don't understand is we have a world out there that is not wanting to go to heaven. You see, we live in one or two groups out there. You go, what's that? 
Number one, it's like they're thinking everybody goes to heaven, and when somebody dies, we all say, see you in heaven. But not everybody goes to heaven. It's those who make a decision to follow Jesus. The second group doesn't want anything to do with heaven, doesn't care, doesn't believe in it. They're just, nope, nope. I'll go where I'm going to go. I'll do what I'm going to do. I'm going to live, you know, I'm going to live my life my way. But I have good news for those of you that are here and those of you that are tuned in. Now listen to me. For news to be really good, it has to invade dark spaces. For news to be good. You understand that. You go, well, I'm not sure what you mean. Well, think about it like this. For news to be out of this world, we have to look at the present world we're living in. You guys tracking with that? You guys tracking with that? For news to be wonderfully good. You, you, you understand what I'm saying, right? Because sometimes a friend will text you or call you up and say, I have good news. There's a sale at Kohl's. I don't know why I picked Kohl's, but you know what I'm saying. I noticed that you needed some new shoes. There's a sale at Kohl's. And you go, well, you know, honey, can I buy new? No, okay. It's not really good news. Is it really good news if the lettuce at the grocery store is 10 cents cheaper than where you're going? It's not really good news. It could be good news, but it's really not good news. Why? Because news to be really good has to invade a very dark space. You go, well, give me an example. When the doctor tells you, ma'am, you have cancer, and we can treat it, we can fix it, but we're not sure. You know people die from that. And a year later, the doctor goes, I'm not sure what happened. It's gone. It's gone. You're cured. You're, oh, 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 wait. That's good news, is it not? Why? Because it invaded all of that dark space that every one of us felt heavy when I mentioned the C word. Oh, 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 C word. And I said, oh, healed? Amen. Amen. In order for Rosa and Jim to have really good news, they needed the call to go to Dallas. That call was good news. You understand that. But in order for it to be super good news, it had to invade the space they were in right now. And when they got the call, and that's the gospel. It's the call. It's the call. So I decided to call this message. You ready? It's a long title. God loves you, and he's invited you to live with him. God loves you, and he's invited you to to live with him. You ever get an invitation somewhere? You ever get an invitation? And what does the invitation say? RSVP. Does anybody know what RSVP? Never mind. But RSVP means you need to send something back, don't you? Now, you guys are such wonderful Christians. I know you never show up without sending that back. Right? <laughs> Any of you ever show up to the party without RSVP? You have the little, you have the little card. You go, oh, how many of two? I'll have the chicken. And you say, anyway, I'm getting, you're getting off, Ben. You're getting off. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting off. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But God 
Think about this. The creator of the universes, the creator of heaven and earth, the creator of you, he says, hey, listen, I want to invite you to live with me. To live with me. And that's where we want to jump into our story on this Resurrection Sunday. John chapter 14, we'll look at four verses, but let me give you some background, okay? Jesus is talking to his disciples about going back to heaven. I want us to join the conversation in chapter 13, verse 31. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. Josh is going to put him on the screen for us, but look at, what, look at the conversation. Here we go. So when he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him immediately. In other words, as we join the conversation, in his death, Christ and the Father will be glorified. In the resurrection and the exaltation of the the Father will glorify Christ. And here's what you want to know, and validate his claims. That's what he's going to do. You see, Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. Can I get an amen? Amen. But the resurrection is where it's the stamp and he validates everything that Jesus said. It was Paul who looked at us and said, if the resurrection never took place, then you and I are just a bunch of fools. On a Sunday morning at 10 o'clock on a beautiful day, what are you doing here? But Jesus did resurrect, didn't he? And we celebrate that. Now, what we need to understand is we celebrate it more than a bunny or eggs or, well, the eggs are real expensive, so maybe you're coloring potatoes. I don't know what you're doing today. (laughs) At $10 a dozen, nobody's searching for eggs. It's about Jesus. So if you leave here today, remember, we're celebrating Jesus. and, 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 And in celebrating the resurrection... I have hope. I have hope. You go, what do you mean? Well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Stick to the notes. Anyways, here it goes. Here it goes. Verse 33. We're still in the conversation. Little children, I shall be with you a little while longer. You will seek me, and as I said to the Jews, where I'm going, you cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give you, that you should love one another as I have loved you, that you should also love one another. Okay? So he's saying, don't you, don't you just look? You and I were sitting there, and he's going, hey, hey, little children, little children, come here. He says, I'm only going to be with you a little while. Now, now, I'm trying to picture myself there going, no, Jesus, no, don't go. Don't go. Okay? I'm the little kid that's going to hang on his leg and cross my legs like your little kid does when he doesn't want you to leave. That's me. No, Lord, don't don't go. He says, you're going to look for me. And he says, and, and where I'm going, you can't come. Now, those, all of a sudden, I'm like, are you serious? But I'm giving you a commandment. What's your commandment, Lord? You ready? That you should love one another as I have loved you, that you should also love one another. Why, Lord? Verse 35. By, all, by this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. If you are visiting with us at Calvary Chapel... Know this, our goal, and I sure hope you feel loved today, but our goal is to make you the best fed, most loved in all of Lubbock. That's our goal. We want to love you until you say, oh, quit loving me. 
And then all you can do is just love. That's what we want. Why? Because church, listen to me, church is more than coming and sitting and listening. Church is about family. Church is about doing life together. Church is about walking. This is what it's all about. You can go anywhere and sit. You can go anywhere and listen. But I want to feel, I want to be a part of something. I want to be a part. That's the first part of church. You know what the second part of church? is when you come in here and you say, Lord, revive me. Revive everything that's in me so that I can serve you. We'll see revival break out in Lubbock. The Lord says, everybody's going to know that you're my disciple. How? By the love. You, now, again, by the love, if you have love one for another. Did you catch that? Because you need to understand this. Jesus isn't saying, everybody's going to know you're my disciple by how much Bible you know. You know everybody's going to know you're my disciple by how you can theologically discuss any, situ- any part of the Bible. You're very theological. Very good. Jesus didn't say, people are going to know you're my disciple by how many scriptures you can quote. No, no. What he said to you and I is that people will know by the love you have one for another. And, and, and I, I appreciate the amen. Can we all get a good amen? amen? But that's really hard, is it not? I'll tell you why. Loving people who are lovable, that's easy. When you come in, oh, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, Rosa came in the other day, Rosa, oh, it was Good Friday service, and she gave me one of the best hugs in the whole world, oh, that made my day. She missed us, we missed her, she, oh, I was crying, it was so good. You ever have one of those hugs? Oh, oh, sister's home, sister's home. She's easy to love. The hard part is loving those that are unlovable. (laughs) That's the hard part, is it not? You know those people at work that just rub you the wrong way? Oh, you're already thinking of them. You know those people at school that just, just bug you? Those are the ones you need to love. We need to love people back to life. You understand that, right? There's a lot of people who are dying. They call themselves Christians. They may have a walk sometimes. They're sort of backslidden, if you will. They're back in the world. We need to love them back to the place where they're serving Jesus with all of their heart. Love is different than judging. When we judge people, we look at them, we start, we start picking at them, and we start, we need to love them to, hey man, listen, now, not that we condone sin. Everybody understand that? but that we love people and say, hey, we want you back. Is this really what you should be doing, bro? Is this really? Oh, come on, let's, let's do this together. You see, love takes a commitment, doesn't it? It takes a commitment. That's why you married folks in here stood in front of a priest or a preacher or a judge or whatever, you made a commitment. You said, I will do this. So Simon joins in. And he asks a question. Look at verse 36. Simon Peter said to him, don't you just love Simon? Lord, where are you going? Many of us are like Simon, aren't we? Where are you going, Lord? And Jesus said, and, and I always picture Jesus smiling. I don't think he was frowned. Jesus smiles. He says, hey, where I'm going, you can't follow me now, but you will follow me afterward. Now, notice what he said, but you'll follow me afterward. Here's my thought. 
I bet Peter was feeling a lot like us. What do you mean? Pretty much tired of this world. You know, Peter was tired of fishing. Peter was tired of the world, and he longed to for the one Jesus talked about. Can you imagine the campfire sights with Jesus? There's the campfire, there's the food, they're roasting, and, and he's talking about, oh man, heaven is amazing. You see, we think of streets of gold, and I just think being with Jesus where there's just ultimate inner peace. And there you are with Jesus, and go, Lord, Lord, can we? <sighs> he goes, hey, I got to tell you about the sunsets. They're amazing in heaven. I got to tell you, oh, oh. And so Pete's probably like us. He's probably going, yeah, Lord, can't, can't we go now? Where are you going? Where, where, where are you going? Where are you going? Of course, it reminded me, that jumped out at me, it reminded the illustration. Some of you heard it, some of you haven't. But it's the little girl, right? She's about six years old, seven years old, and she has a best friend, and, and they decide to have a sleepover like most kids do. Hey, come sleep over at my house. Well, let me check with my mommy. Mommy, is it okay if she sleeps over? Oh, I think it's okay. Is it okay with your mommy? Oh, honey, will you be okay? To, I think we will. And you know how kids are. They're having fun at the moment. And then all of a sudden, she gets away from her mommy. She's sitting there with her friend. She looks at her friend, and she goes, I don't feel good. I miss my mommy. I miss her. I don't, I don't, are you, honey, are you going to, are you going to throw up? Are you okay? Yes, my tummy just hurts, and I just, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little frightened. I'm a little scared. Well, do you want me to call your mom? Yes, please. Well, I think, sweetie, it's just that you're homesick. And she goes, no, I don't think I'm homesick. I think I'm here sick. And that's what Peter's feeling. Peter's, and that's what a lot of us are feeling today. Amen? We're, we're homesick. We want to go home in heaven. But honestly, we're here sick. We're here sick with death and pain, and suffering, and cancer, and all the stuff that goes with this world. And what is Peter's response? Lord, why can't I follow you now? Don't you love Peter? I'll lay down my life for your sake. And Jesus answered, you will lay down. Oh, will you lay down your life for my sake? Pete, most assuredly I say to you, a rooster shall not crow until you've denied me three times. Can you imagine? Can you imagine how many of us have been like Pete? We're Peter. <laughs> right? Lord, I'll, I'll go anywhere for you, Lord. I'll, just don't call me to be a missionary. I'll go anywhere for you, Lord. I'll just, um, I'll lay down my life. And, and he looks at Pete and he's like, Pete, seriously? You're going to deny me three times. And it's, the rooster's not going to crow until that happens. So what does Jesus do? Jesus realizes this is a teachable moment. And so he says, let me give the disciples and us some encouragement. You ready? Here's our text for today. John 14, 1 and 2. Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you. So after this dialogue from Pete, the Lord gives us some encouragement. What does he say? He says, guys, don't let your heart be troubled. 
I know you want to go with me now. In, in other words, here's what he's saying. I know you're here sick. He says, I know it. I see it. I know you're here sick. He says, but don't let your heart be troubled. He says, if you believe in God, believe also in me. Now, here's the thing. Many of us in this room would stand up and go, I believe in God. I believe in God. I believe. I believe there's a God. I wake up every morning and I see the sun rise. I see whatever's going on. I believe in God. Well, hold that thought, okay? Hold that thought on believe because there's something very interesting. The Lord says, don't let your heart be troubled. Even though there was good reason, come on, church, why their hearts might be troubled. Why? Jesus just told them, I'm leaving. I'm going. I'm going. Now, to you and I, that doesn't mean a whole lot because Jesus wasn't here. We didn't see him. But to the disciples, they're like freaking out. They're totally, they're really panicking. But I think that says a lot about us and this world sometimes. If we watch the news and we allow whatever comes into our eye gate and our ear gate penetrate into our heart, we will also be freaked out in this world. Let not your heart not be troubled. Although he's leaving them in bodily, it's not forever. Jesus is confident that he will meet Peter and the rest in his father's house. So Jesus says, hey, listen, you have every right, but don't be troubled. Jesus tells his disciples to challenge their troubled hearts with faith in the Father. He says, believe. Everybody say, believe. believe. Say it again. Believe. Why is that important? Because it's not just, I believe. You see, over in James, the Bible says that the demons believe. They can't have the same belief I have. So what is, what is Jesus talking about? Believe in God, believe in me. Well, that's, that's the cure for a troubled heart. Well, it's made up of three Greek words that you need to know of. Three Greek, this is where belief is. How so? Well, here's what it means. The first one is pisteo, P-I-S-T-E-U-O, pisteo. And here's what it means. To have faith in, in respect to a person, to entrust. That's the first. So he's telling us you need to believe, you need to have faith in, in a person, to entrust something to a person. That's the first word. Intertwine the second word, it's pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S, and that means persuaded, to have reliance upon Christ for salvation. And then it finishes off with the third word, which is pitheo. All of these three words encompass the word believe, and it means to be convinced with confidence. You see, it's not enough to go, yeah, I mean, there's oxygen in the world, I believe. Yeah, I saw a beautiful sunset, I believe. Whatever it might be, I believe there's a higher being, I believe there's a spirit in the sky. This means that you have faith, you have respect to a person, that you have entrusted him with everything, that you have been persuaded beyond reasonable doubt, and your reliance is upon Christ for salvation. And last but not least, you are convinced with confidence. That's what it means. You go, what's an easy way? You know what an easy way is? Have you ever gone to a pool and your kids tell you, come on, get in the pool or whatever. And you're like, and, and so what do we do? We put our big toe in first, don't we? We dip it in there and it's, well, it's cold. I don't, I'm not sure. You know what Jesus is saying? Listen, when you believe, jump in the pool, jump in the pool. Oh, hold on, Lord. I'm going to take the steps. 
Oh, no, 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 no. That's cold. No, he says, that's not belief. Belief is jumping in the pool. A lot of, a lot of us believe, don't we? But belief is, is much, much more. It's the guy on the tightrope over Niagara Falls. You guys know what Niagara Falls, right? It's a tightrope. Guy's got his little thing, and he says, how many of you believe I can walk over the tightrope in Niagara Falls? Everybody's like, oh, I believe. So he takes his little thing, and he walks over. How many of you believe that I can walk this wheelbarrow over on the tightrope? How many believe? Yeah, I believe, do it. Yes. How many of you believe so much you're willing to get in the wheelbarrow? (laughs) You see, belief means, I believe in the Lord. I'm getting in the wheelbarrow. I believe. And that's just what he's saying. He's saying, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Believe also in me. Because here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go prepare a place for you. The only, you only prepare a place for someone if you're confident of their arrival. Right? That's what you do. So, um, you're traveling to a friend's house. And say your friend lives in a different city. And you tell him, hey, is it okay if I stay with you? Oh, absolutely. We'd love to have you. Guess what they're going to do? They're going to prepare your room because they're confident you're, they're, you're coming. I'll be there at 2, and, and it's wonderful. And they come in. This is exact. Jesus wouldn't tell us that he's going to prepare a place unless he's expecting us to come. But he also says something very interesting. I love it. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. Now, we joke about that, don't we? We joke about saying, in my mansion, boy, in my mansion, uh, ooh, I live in a shack down here, but I sure can't wait to get in my mansion. I can't wait to get in my mansion. Well, let's break it down. What's he saying? Here's what it says. The, the ancient Greek mansions is better translated dwelling places. The noun mone, connected to the verb mone or stay, means a place to stay, a place to stay. But in light of God's character, it's better to translate it mansions. Whatever dwelling place God has for us in heaven, it's going to be a glorious, glorious mansion. So God is preparing something for you. God is saying, I have a world far better than the one you're in. Are you ready to go? Are you ready? Now, what a lot of us do... And I don't blame you at all. What a lot of us do today and any day is we go, yeah, I, I, I think I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go to heaven. I'm putting my faith and trust in my religious upbringing. We've always been, and you can name the religion, and you say, we've always been that, so that's what I'm going to... But, but it's much more than that. That's not going to save you. That's not going to save you. But back to our text, and I'll get more on that in just a minute. He says, Jesus says, And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. What's the Lord saying? Here's his rap. He says, where I am, he says, you you can be there as well. You can be there as well. See, the entire focus of heaven 
is being reunited with Jesus. Heaven is heaven, not because of streets of gold or pearly gates, or even the presence of angels. Heaven is heaven because Jesus is there. you got to grasp that. you got to grasp that. Listen to me. You need to know that going to heaven is not simply because you're scared to go to hell. It's because you love Jesus. You love Jesus. When you're sitting here today and you go, man, I don't want to go to hell, Ben. I don't want to go to hell. I don't, I don't, hell, uh, hell, uh. Then we try to earn our way and make sure that God loves us enough and we'll try to do good things. But that's such bondage because you never know how much good you're going to do. And is it enough? But it's when we take the Greek word believe and I, I'm persuaded and I'm convinced and everything within me believes I am getting in the wheelbarrow. I'm all in. That's when you can have rest and know that you're saved. That's how you know. You see, here's the thing. The Bible says in John 3, 3, Nicodemus came and he said, Hey, how, how, how do I get to heaven? I'm paraphrasing. And he said, Well, Nick, you need to be born again. And he says, Wait, what do you mean born again? I can't crawl back into my mother's womb. I'm a grown man. What is wrong with you? He says, No, no, no. You need to be born from above. And when you're born from above, something happens. It changes the way you think, and it changes who you are. That's the big difference in Christians. See, Christians mean Christ-like. And when you're born again from God, your whole life has changed. You don't think the same way. You don't live the same way. Things have changed. You've got to go, where's the change? Because all of a sudden it's in your heart and you're going, oh, no. You see, the old Ben, the old man wanted to, would, he'd fight you, but the new Ben wants to hug you. The old Ben would try to steal from you. The new Ben will give you what he has. Something's changed. Something's changed. The new old Ben, oh, he tries sleight of hand, a little bit of, little bit of cheating, a little bit of stealing. Not anymore. Not in, oh, sometimes this dude rears his ugly head. Come on, can I get an amen? You look at him and go, whoa, where did you come from? Jesus said, listen to me. Listen, here's his key. He says, take comfort. Even as he prepares a place for us, he prepares us for that place. You got to catch it. You got to catch it. Went right by you. Jesus says, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. And in the meantime, I'm going to prepare you for that place. And that's where we get saved. That's when we come forward. That's when we say, listen, I'm going to give my heart and life to Jesus once and for all. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Heaven is real. Heaven is real. And he's there right now. And he's prepared a place for us. And even though today he's preparing you for that place. You go, well, Ben, I have a question. What is heaven like? What's heaven like? Where am I going? Where am I going? Heaven is going to be a place of singing and worship. Singing and I believe heaven's going to be a place of dancing, don't you? 
We're just going to rejoice. You go, wait a minute, wait a minute, Ben. I didn't think Christians can dance. Well, some can and some can't. You know how that goes. (laughs) Heaven is going to be where streets are made of gold. Over here, we're fighting to get more gold, are we not? In heaven, it will be abundant. And when you die, church, you can't take it with you, can you? If you could take your gold, Peter would be, why are you bringing pavement? We already have enough up here. What did, what did you need this for? Oh, I thought I was in heaven. I thought I needed some. No, we got plenty. You don't need that. You don't need that. But heaven is a place, listen to me, where Jesus will wipe away every tear from my eyes, and death shall be no more, and neither shall be mourning or crying or pain, and the former things have all passed away. Think about heaven for just a moment. We'll no longer sin. Can I get an amen on that? We'll still be able to eat and touch. That's cool. Did you realize that calories don't count in heaven? Yeah. <laughs> amen. You realize that we will not be subject to the laws of physics. What does that mean? Can you imagine walking in and out through walls and being somewhere? And ah, that'd be so cool. Then I got an assignment. Yes, sir, Lord. Go to Lubbock, Texas. I don't want to go to Lubbock, Lord. I lived all my life there. Go to, oh, no, just kidding, Lord. I'm going. And you walk through the walls and you get over here in the speed of thought. How cool is that? But also, too, heaven is a place where we'll recognize each other. I've had people ask me, am I going to recognize? Yes. You're going to recognize your loved ones. And can you imagine? It's so different than, than what we have in the natural. Now, the question you should be asking is, how do I get to heaven? How do I get there? That should be the question. Well, last turn, guys. Say goodbye to John, and let's go over to 1 Corinthians 15. You should be there. Say goodbye to John, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. It gives us some insight. Paul is writing to the Corinthians, and here's what he writes. Moreover, brethren. The word brethren there is family. So, moreover family, familia, all of y'all, here's what he's saying. I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you received in which you stand, by which also you are saved. If you hold fast to the word I preach to you, unless you believed, notice, in vain. Guys, these verses 3 and 4, Paul describes the content of the gospel. But here... He describes how the gospel can benefit, be a benefit to, to man. How is the benefit? Here it is. Ready? The gospel is the only benefit it's, if it's received and if one will stand in it. You go, Pastor, what's your point? So many people today will go to churches and an invitation will be given, honestly, and people will go, no. I'm, going to, I'm saved because of I'm not, I'm not going to make that decision. I'm not going to make that commitment. I'm, I'll go to heaven. I'll go to heaven. Did you guys, do you realize that you, I used to think that I would go to heaven based on being good. And I said, Lord, if I'm good, I'll go to heaven. And if I'm bad, I'll go to hell. I'm glad he didn't listen to that. I'm glad he didn't listen to that. Seriously. Because how good do you have to be? You have to be perfect. And that's why 
That's why in perfection we put our faith in Christ because he was perfect. He says, by which you are also saved. How am I saved? If you hold fast to the word I preached. So here's, here's the thing, guys. The Corinthian Christians had done well. They received the gospel. They're like, yes, they were doing well. They did stand in the gospel. But they had to continue to do well and hold fast to the gospel that Paul, so Paul preached to them. Look at verse 3. He said, For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. And he was buried, and he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Guys, here's the gospel message. You ready? Gospel means good news. We, I've already painted a very dark place here on earth, okay? It's stress, it's time. Here's the good news. Jesus Christ, fully God and fully man, died for our sins. He died specifically, yours and mine. He was then buried. He was put in the tomb. The stone was rolled over it, made sure nobody messed with it. Three days later, he was alive. He was alive. And make no mistake about it, he's coming back soon. He's coming back soon. Think about this for just a second. In Bible prophecy, it tells us what's about to happen and how it's going to happen. And he lays it out pretty deep in Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39. Now, for the sake of time, I don't have time to tell you, but I can tell you that it's a warning sign for us to realize and to be ready. And to be ready. How do I get ready? Well, if you've put your faith and trust in Jesus, and now you're celebrating the resurrection, you're ready. You're ready. You're ready. But if you're here today and you're going, man, I don't, I'm not sure. You ever say that? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I, I hope. I'm crossing my fingers and my toes in hopes that I'll go to heaven. See, that, that worries me. Because you need to know with absolute confidence, that's part of the word believe. You're persuaded. You have, you're convinced. If someone goes to you and says, hey, man, are you saved? Absolutely. How do you know? I gave my life to Jesus. And when Jesus looks at me, he now sees Jesus. When God looks at me, he now sees Jesus. He doesn't see me. I believe that. I believe that with all my heart. Well, are you worthy to go to the heaven? Well, I'm not worthy, but Jesus in me is. And he paid the price. That, you see the gospel. You see how easy it is. And yet, we want to complicate it. We want to complicate it. You ever, you ever complicate something that's really easy? Huh? You ever complicate it? Man, in seventh grade, I was learning algebra, and my teacher used to tell me, you used to create steps that weren't even there to make it more complicated. I used to complicate everything. And I'm serious. And she'd be like, well, you tried really hard. I was like, well, is that really worth a C? Come on. I gave you extra steps that didn't mean anything, but I got the answer. We do that with the gospel, don't we? Here's what we do with the gospel. Here's how we complicate the gospel. Lord, I believe in you, but I have all of this junk and all of this past. Well, I don't know. I, I, I'll tell you what. Let me start working some of this out to try to help you, Lord, and I'll be saved. I'll be saved. And so we start coming from Let me see if I can reconcile this. Okay, I'm going to be good. I'm going to be good. 
And sometimes we fumble and sometimes we drop the ball. And here's the problem. The problem is you keep going back to your past when Jesus said, I have pushed that past, it's gone. The guilt is gone. Well, I don't, that was too easy. That was, that was too, just too easy. But how do I know, Ben? How do I know that I'm saved? Listen, the resurrection of Jesus is proof that what I'm saying today is 100% truth. If you don't believe me, let me say this. The Bible talks about the resurrection of Jesus, but also non-biblical accounts also talk about the resurrection of Jesus. So it wasn't just, oh, well, it's Bible. Man wrote the Bible. Jesus rose from the dead for you. Now, listen. As I was thinking about Resurrection Sunday, and I was thinking about the people that were coming, and I was thinking about there might be visitors, and I was thinking that there might be people here who, ha- who don't know Jesus and so forth, the one thing that kept coming to mind was really, really simple. I started to think, and I said, Lord, I've got a question. If, if I was going to be your spokesman to a group of people, what would you want to say to them? And I've been wrestling with that for weeks. What would you want to say to your people? Like, like in other words, here's what I wrote. If this was my, ma- my last message on this planet, what would you want me to say? If this was my last message, what would you want me to say to you? Would you want me to pander you? Or would you want me to shoot straight with you? That's what church should be about. Would you want me to tell you funny stories? Or tell you the gospel. If I were sitting out in the audience, what would I want someone to say to me? Now, here's what, here's what gets me, guys. We're talking about where you're going to go forever. Forever. I have good news and I have bad news. You go, what's the good news? I don't know if you knew this, but the moment you were born, you were going to live forever. You're going to live forever. Every one of us is eternal. You go, what's the bad news? You have to, the bad news depends on where you're going to spend eternity. Where are you going to spend eternity? And my Jesus did everything he possibly could. Number one, to give you eternal life. Amen? But he also gave you eternal life. And now listen, you've got to catch this because I want to... I want to definitely encourage the Christians here because you came to church too. (laughs) The resurrection means that, guys, listen, that you, although you're homesick and here sick, you have hope that you can smile in a world like this because the resurrection means that you're going to go be with him someday and that you don't have to fear what's going on in the White House. You don't have to fear what's going on in, in any other house. You don't have to fear what the news says. You don't have to fear what's coming down the pike. You go, my hope is in him. Well, Pastor Ben, what if I don't live past today? You still have hope in him, don't you? So my believers in here, my, believe, my, my, my people who are saying, I'm fully devoted followers of Christ, listen, be encouraged. Be encouraged. Why? He's got you in his hand. 
He's got you. And he's encouraging you. He goes, yeah, yeah. I know your hearts are going to be troubled. I get that. Let not your heart be troubled. It's okay. He says, just believe. Just believe. I'm, I'm going to go prepare that house. And when I prepare, when the house is done, then you can move in. You can move in. And we're going, when, Lord? And he's going, oh, soon. You understand that, that we have, let me just say it this way. The final walkthrough has already been done in heaven. He's just got to come get us. There's nothing left. Like he's not, oh, well, we still got studs. I'm not sure when. It's done. It's done. It's done. Here's my heart. Listen to me. Do you, church, with absolute confidence, have a real and genuine relationship with the God that created you? Do you have that confidence? Do you know? If I asked you here today, well, wait a minute, Ben, wait a minute. You don't know. You don't know what I've been through. Okay, let me say this. If I was God's spokesperson, here's what I would say to you. My Jesus knows the hurts that you've had. He wants you to know that he knows those hurts. You're not forgotten. He knows those times that you've cried and nobody else knew he knew. And if he were here today in bodily form, I know he's here in spirit, but if he was here in bodily form, he would look at you with as much love and he would tell you, I know how much you've been hurting and I'm here to, to help you. I'm here to help you. I'm here to, I'm here to heal those hurts. If Jesus was here today, you know what he would say? I'd like to address the misconceptions of who people say that I am, that I'm not. The misconceptions of, of the things that you went through in life where you think I wasn't there. I was there. I was there. Don't let a pastor or a priest or anyone tell you that I wasn't there. I was there. You just didn't see me, but I was there holding your hand. Well, Lord, were you there when my sister died? Lord, were you there when my mom died? Were you there when, when I was holding my father's hand? Yes, Ben. I was there every single time. And I knew that you were going to need me someday. Do you, church, listen to me. No one making a move right now. Do you, with absolute confidence, have a relationship with God? Do you? If you were to die today. Think about this for just a moment. If you were to die today, would you go to heaven? And if you come back going, Pastor, I'm not sure. You see, when they asked me that question in ninth grade, here's what I said. Well, if I'm good, I'll go to heaven. If I'm bad, I'll go to hell. But the real issue was I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't have that confidence. 
Oh, I believed in God. Everybody believes in God. I mean, I believed in God. But I didn't have that confidence, that assurance. And so what happens on Resurrection Sunday, and really at Calvary Chapel every Sunday, I offer you an invitation to say, hey, I want to invite you. You see, the Lord already invited you. He said, hey, listen, I love you, and I've got a, I've got a, I've got a house for you. Do you want to move in? But he's not going to make us move in unless you really want to move in. So here's what he asks us to do. Hey, listen, the guilt, the guilt, the shame, the past, are you willing to let all that go and open up your heart and say yes to me and walk in me? Trust me? And you go, yes, I am, Pastor. What do I need to do? Well, in a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do what? To say yes. You see, because here's what's been going on in your life. He's been knocking on your heart. He's been trying to get your attention. And here's what he says. The way you're living is not really right. You need to come and you need to surrender completely. And what happens is our, our flesh kicks in, doesn't it? No, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm good. I just got invited to church. I'm fine. I'm fine. Pastor, hurry up. I've got stuff to do. Well, the book of Hebrews says this. Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the day of rebellion. You go, what do I need to do? Well, I'm going to give you an opportunity. To do what? Join your church? No, I'm not asking you to join our church. I'm asking you to come into the family of God. I'm asking you to make a commitment. You go, what do I need to do? How do I make a commitment? If you're serious with God today, and through the word of God, here's the thing. I'm not going to sugarcoat this. If you are not saved, you're not going to heaven. If you have not surrendered your life to God, you're not going to heaven. But you know what? You can today. In a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do what? Just to lift up your hand. Say, Pastor, pray for me. Well, what if people, I, I, what if people look at me? They, no, nobody's going to look at you. But this is serious. This is between you and God. This is the most serious you'll ever be. Because you need life. You need life. You need to be forgiven. You need to have all that God has for you. You go, Ben, most of the people in here are churchgoers. I see them. Listen, maybe you've been struggling with God. Maybe you've stepped away from God. Maybe you've backslidden from God. But today, God is calling you to come home. And he's standing with his arms open wide, and he's saying, come home. I love you. I love you. I forgive you of the things that you've done, but you've got to take a step and say yes. You've got to say yes to me. I'll meet you there, but I'm not going to force myself on you. I'm not going to force myself. I'm going to just offer this invitation. You've got to make the commitment. Now, here's what's happening, because I've been in your spot. I've been in your shoes. If you're here today, you're thinking, oh, man, oh, Lord. And you're trying to push it down. You're trying to think of something else. You're wondering where you're going to eat today. Listen, this is very, very important. I want you to think, Lord, where am I with you? And answer this question, honestly. Would you go to heaven? Would you go to that place? You know it beyond a shadow of doubt. Somebody ask you, amen. Would you go? And if you go, I'm not sure. You know what? Today you can know. You can know. This is what Resurrection Sunday is all about. To get you to a place where you go, yes, I'm great with Jesus. So what am I going to do? Let me make it really simple. In just a minute, the worship team's coming back up. I'm going to ask you to lift up your hand if you're saying yes to Jesus. And it doesn't matter. Listen to me. It doesn't matter if you've given your life to God before and you've backslidden and you're saying yes to him today. 
Or you go, man, I've never had a relationship. That's how I was. I, was I, I thought I did, and I didn't. And then I finally gave my life, and I have a relationship with him. He's not asking you to change religions. He's asking you to come into heaven with him. And so, all you have to do is say, yes. Yes. I want Jesus to come into my heart. I'm, gonna, I'm ready to follow him once and for all. I'm ready for him. I'm ready. I want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt, Lord, that when I die, that I'm going to see you. Not based on what I did, but, but the day I gave my life to you. That's what I want. I'm not taking any more chances with eternity. I'm saying yes to Jesus. Amen? Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you today. Lord, your word says, your word says, Lord, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Father, I pray that there's not a hard heart in here, but Lord, that you're already moving in the hearts of people. What a beautiful, wonderful Resurrection Sunday. But my prayer right now is that you would begin to speak to people. Lord, this is the most important decision one will ever make. And it's not a decision that we, that we take lightly. But it's a decision that many, many in here have made. With every eye closed and every head bowed, you might be watching online. And you got up this Sunday morning and you were scrolling through Facebook and something caught your eye and and here you are. And you're saying, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. You might be listening on the podcast and in another country and you're saying, I need Jesus. He died. He was buried. And he resurrected. And that's our hope. Hey, with every eye closed and every head bowed, is there anyone here today that the Holy Spirit has already talked to you? And you can, you're already feeling it. You, you're going, man, I, I, I don't know what's going on, but, but I need Jesus. I need to be saved. I need to give my life to, to him. Man, I heard what you were saying, and, and, and I want to go live with Jesus in heaven forever. You made it sound so simple. Is it that simple? It's that simple. But here's what I'm going to ask you to do really quickly. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, or you're here today and you've backslid and, and you're not really walking with God, but today you want to be right with him, would you do me a favor? Would you just lift up your hand and you say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm ready to surrender completely to him once and for all. I want to know that if I die, 
If I die today, I'll go to heaven. God bless you, sister. Just lift up your hand. Lift up your hand. God bless you, brother. I see you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Lift up your hand. Just say, Pastor, I'm... God bless you. God bless you, buddy. Yep, I see you back there. Anyone else? Amen. God bless you, brother. I see you. I see you. Amen. God is moving already. Listen, if you're not right with God, just lift up your hand. I'll see you. No one else will. Anyone else? This is your time. This is your time. Are you right with God? If you died today, would you go to heaven? Would you go to heaven? Amen. Just going to give you, you can put them down now. Father, I pray for these hands that were raised. I pray that you would do an incredible work, Lord. Father, fill them with your spirit, Lord. Speak to them even now. Hey, if you're serious, those of you that raised your hands, if you're serious about a commitment to God, I'm going to ask you to do something really brave. But it's not to embarrass you, but to, 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 to help you have a defining moment. And you go, what's that? In a second here, I'm just going to ask you, if you're serious and you raised your hand and you want a relationship with God, regardless of where you came from or where you're at, if you'll get up and you'll come stand right in front of me, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And how, whoa, hold on, Pastor, hold on. Why, why do I have to do that? Because, because here's the thing. Jesus said, if you'll confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father. If you'll deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father. Well, this I want people to say, hey, I'm, I'm ready to do that. I'm ready to surrender. So will you do that? Will you get up out of your seat and come stand right here? And as you do, we'll clap for you. Amen. Amen. Stand right here, right here, amen, amen. Get up out of your seat, come stand right here, come stand right here. All right, Jim, yes, Jim, yes, Jim, (laughs) yes, yes, amen. You see, they're very, very brave. If you need to be up here, listen, it's not about joining a church, it's about getting right with God, so you come, you come. I I can't see anymore, anyone else need to be up here? Anyone else? Rosa, why don't you come and stand right here? Amen. 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 Why don't you come stand behind your brother right here? Right here. Amen. Cynthia, why don't you come stand over here? Amen. Anybody else need to be up here? Anybody else need to be up here? This is your chance. This is your time to give your life to God. Anyone else? Give you just a second. Oh, I got to be up there, Pastor. I got to be up there. You get up. Just come. Amen. 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 Nancy, will you come stand over here? Amen. Yeah, buddy. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Amen. Anyone else?
Listen, God is moving in your heart. This is your time. This is for you to surrender to him once and for all. Anyone else? I'm just, man, I'm just feeling it in my spirit. Yes. Amen. Amen. No matter where you are, no matter where you are, you come. You come. You come. Hi, Mary. Come on over here, Mary. Right here. Yes, Mary. Ah, what a sweet, sweet time. We just have support behind you. You've just got people who love you. You're not in this alone, okay? I'm going to lead you in a prayer, and just remember, words alone aren't sufficient to save, so you could pray this all day long. It doesn't mean anything. What you're saying, today is the day I surrender my life. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you die today, you'll go to heaven? You're ready to life to be changed completely. One last, one last invitation. This is for God's, this is for, for, this is for heaven. If you need to be up here, we'll wait on you. You just get out of your seat. Come right now. Come right now. Anyone else? Okay, I'm going to lead him in prayer. All right, guys, can you hear me? Come, let's see. You can get in here, scooch a little bit. That's good, because I'm going to kneel down right here. All right, gather a little bit closer. Gather a little bit closer. Okay. So I need you to repeat this prayer after me. Now, again, remember, you're just praying a prayer. But it's from your heart. You're saying yes to Jesus. And guess what, guys? By the authority of Scripture, he's going to come in. He's going to take away your sin, your guilt, your shame. He's going to throw it in the deepest devotions, and he's going to fill you with his spirit, and a whole new life is going to open up to you today. But you've got to be willing, and you've already made it. So when did you get saved? Oh, man, I, went, I walked to the front. I remember that little church. My life has never been the same. So out loud, will you repeat this after me? Out loud. Dear Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. Please forgive me. I believe, like Pastor Ben said, I believe that you died on the cross. For me. For me. And I believe you were buried, you were buried. And, you rose again. and you rose again. And you're coming back for me. So I give my life to you. So I give my life to you. 100%. 100%. I'm, yours. I'm yours. I need help, Lord. I, need help. I can't do it by myself. I, do it by myself. I, need, your Holy Spirit. I need your Holy Spirit. So fill me with your Holy Spirit. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my God. Be my Savior. Be my friend. I choose this day. Forever I'm yours. In Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.